0: The 0-2 pitch go to the backstop, a ricochet to Zavala. Here comes Valera. The play at the plate. He's safe. He's safe.
1: Valera's a good base running. You know, he, he was, he didn't hesitate. If you he hesitate in this place, you're out and he just took off and he and was huge. You know, it was, it was one of those games again that we have been playing with no room for error and, and we did it right. You know,
2: bark back before I was old and cynical. I used to always have this idea that, you know, there were games that teams would win and where things weren't going well and you, you'd, you'd try to take little moral victories, right? And you know, last night we all saw Vladdy get that hit. <laughs> we'll have a little more of an in-depth conversation, by the way, Parker on Tony LaRusso's reaction to that. But we saw Vladdy get that hit last night. And then we saw the Jays win that game. Bravik Valera, that slide. You know, again, a team that has is life and death to score runs. Coming off a tough series against the Tigers, taking on the White Sox, arguably the best team in the American League, they beat the White Sox in a close game. And and in the old days when I believed in stuff, I would say, boy, that's exactly the type of type of win that. Spurs the team onto a winning streak and uh, won by the skin of their teeth. The short and curlies, all that stuff, right? They just barely won the game. By God, they had to sack up. They barely won the game. And then they go off in a 10-game winning streak. That's not the case, though, in a game like that, is it? You don't think so? No, I'm just wondering. If
3: well, you they had really way. good starting pitching. Manoa was, you know, not great, but he, he battled through it. He grinded through it. He did enough. The bullpen was really good. It... it Kept a minute long enough to figure out Vladdy swinging a 3-0 pitch. I told you get get a good pitch to hit middle away, look for it, stay through it, keep it in the big part of the field. Bravik Valera, you know, to the rescue, here he comes. <laughs> but it's you know running Valera. I, I would yes, much, sir. I would much rather see him slide feed first than I well, do, than I do head first. But yeah, you know it is, is what is it is. You you do you do what you have to do to score a run. You you know you're a bench player. You'll do whatever it takes to keep yourself in the big leagues and you know, it was, Charlie said it right. You you have to get a good jump. You know, that, that ball was not even close to the plate, which is a very hard play to read mm-hmm. when you're at third base, because you know, it's, you don't expect a guy to have, you know, a one, two count and miss, <laughs> miss the strikes on by as much as a, as a really good, you know, we'll say closer missed by it. Yeah. <clears throat> he, he got a, he got a halfway decent jump. He beat the pitch to the plate. They won a game. That's Will this carry over to today? It's, it's more of the, you know, they were still one for two when runners in scoring position. But if you have good starting pitching, that'll keep you in it long enough, and hopefully one of your big guys runs into one, and you can win a game at home that way. All right, let's do a bit
2: of a reset. As we are talking to you ahead of tonight's seven oh seven first first pitch, the Seattle Mariners are beating the Oakland A's 3-1 right now. These are all, of course, games that have... Uh, an impact on the wild card standings, and and by extension, an impact on the Blue Jays' postseason aspirations. The Jays two one winners over Detroit last night. So as we sit right now, the Jays are sixty five and fifty eight. They're four and a half back of Boston, who holds a second wild card. The Yankees are two and a half up in the top wild card position. Again, we won't bother talking about how many games behind the Tampa Bay Rays the Jays are because it, at this point, doesn't matter. Seattle is a game and a half ahead of Toronto. Oakland is three and a half ahead of Toronto. So this Oakland-Seattle game, you know, really, I, if you're a Jays fan at this point in time, there's, there's, you really don't have much in this game, I don't think, regardless of who wins, it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt. Uh,
3: if, your if, you're, if you're a Jays fan, th- those 10 games that you got facing the Orioles, I mean, it's it's nine and one or ten and zero. Oh. There there ain't yeah. no eight and two. There ain't no seven and three. No, there's no seven three or no six and four. Six and four. Yeah. No, no, it's nine and one or ten and zero.
2: Oh. Right. Uh, so there you go. The Yankees uh, won again yesterday. They've won ten in a row, and uh, they have seized control of the wild card race. Seven o seven tonight will be the first pitch. Jose Barrios on the mound for the Blue Jays. Dylan Cease for the Chicago White Sox. The lineup. The lineups, I should say, are as follows, as he attempts to call them up on uh, his computer. For the Blue Jays, Bichette, Semyon, Guerrero, Hernandez. Corey Dickerson's the designated hitter. Alejandro Kirk's behind the plate. Lourdes Gurriel, Jr.'s in left. Josh Palacios gets the start in center field. Santiago Espinal at third base. I've already mentioned Jose Barrios on the mound. The lineup for the White Sox. Robert, Moncada, Abreu, Jimenez, Goodwin-Garcia, Lamb, Mendick, Collins behind the plate. And we already mentioned Dylan Cease, a right-hander for the White Sox. No Tim Anderson once again.
3: Yeah, it's not going to hurt. The White if, Sox you're, if you're a lineup. Blue Jays fan, that's a good thing.
2: It is a good thing. Yeah. For,
3: for the Blue Jays lineup, I guess
2: the noticeable absence is Randall Gritchick. Uh No surprise of the righty. Well, I shouldn't say no surprise, but Josh Palacios getting a start. Uh, getting a start in center field yeah
3: dylan dylan sees for me you know his, his strikeout pitches slider randall has a real tough time yeah. with laying off the the, the strike to ball slider from a right-handed pitcher you give him a little bit of break it's look you try to find a little lightning in the bottle you got some athleticism in center field you got a guy who can handle the bat a little bit but dare i say it well he is a guy that uh one of the few players in this organization
2: shall we say that handles some of the smaller details The game. He talked about when he was at. uh, He really enjoyed his time in that uh, at the alternate site last year, because he was able to work on things like base stealing. He was able to work on things like bunting. Because it was, it was essentially like one long spring training. So you're working things. We'll see. Yeah. I
3: mean, I, he's. Stats don't count. It makes it a little easier to go yeah, work exactly. on things. Yeah, exactly. Sure it
2: does. Sure yeah. it does. I got to work on this. And it's easier to work in something if the coach isn't over there going, yeah, that's, you know, congratulations on your work ethic, kid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. O but you're over for you 50. <laughs> so,
3: uh, keep working on it. Exactly. Exactly.
2: Nobody cares. Uh, hey, here's a, uh, I got to drop this, this nugget on you. This is from the Jay's PR department. And, uh, oh, I'll give you, we're going to be joined by Sean Casey of the MLB Network. The mayor. Mm -hmm. The mayor will join us at 530. Ben Wagner as well. Jeff Passan will be along. We'll see if we can maybe, Barker. I know this is right up your alley, maybe have a little CBA talk. See how the CBA. Oh, I can't wait. Hey, that's all right.
3: Maybe maybe we'll ask him, too, who's going to win the AL Cy Young.
2: Well, it's Lance, uh, according... No, not according, my according, vote. No, cor- I'm just saying, according, of, ac- according to Vegas. According to well, Vegas. According is Vegas looking at stats? No, Vegas is you're right. Garrett Cole well, and they Lance, up Garrett up Cole them, and Lance. Pull Lane. up
3: them Robbie Ray stats.
2: Robbie, Robbie Ray's not winning the A.L. Cy Young. No. Huh. He's not going
3: to win If it ended today, he finished fourth. Maybe. That's unbelievable.
2: Well, keep in mind who's... No, 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 no. Keep in mind... Yeesh. Keep in mind who's voting... It's writers voting, oh. and there right. will be. Don't you have a vote? No, unless unless you're Jacob Degrom. Yeah, there will be an emphasis on guys who are pitching well for teams that
3: are contending. Ah, yeah, really. Like yes. you, you, everybody keeps throwing the Lance Lynn thing out there. I mean, what? Yes, it's the it's the worst division in baseball. It's it's not the it's not the it's not not Fenway Park. It's not not the Yankees. It's not Yankee Stadium. Anyhow, anyhow. it's not the Rays. Back to back games. It's not those. It's stupid. It's August. It's it's August twenty fourth. The hell knows. Sports (laughs) talk radio. We can do what we want. August
2: twenty. It's August twenty fourth. We can't talk about the Cy Young. It's dumb. Individual award talks right
3: now. It's dumb. uh, There's a whole month. the Ray is not dumb. Come on. It's dumb. Hey, asked Robbie, right? You want to say young maybe you extra
2: year. Think about this. I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you this. Okay, Vladdy Jr. last night reached ninety RBI mark. Not that RBI is mad. No. He reached the Unless ninety RBI mark. 10. Who was the last blue jay hitter with ninety RBI?
3: Vernon Wells. No. Come on. Uh You're Josh Donaldson.
2: No. Just tell me. The year is 2017. Last J with 90 RBIs. This is mm. a great question. Rich Adam Rich and uh and and, and Rodney the uh the Jays PR kudos for this because this is a little nugget that I found. Justin Smoke had yeah. 90 ribbies in 2017. Mm. No, I never got that. No, I wouldn't either. No. I I, I mean, yeah, you know, after process of elimination maybe, but I would have run through the same names. Donaldson it just you know, Donaldson, uh Batista, all those guys. But yeah, it's uh Justin Smoke, 2017, 90 RBI season. Hmm. There you go. Uh Vladdy Jr. with the hit last night. Uh do you know what? Hey, uh, Dylan, can we play that? Can we play the uh the stuff we put together of that hit right now? Cause then we can just uh we can deal with Sean. We can deal with Sean and we get Sean. Um, so, you know, just to rewind a little bit last night, Lance Lynn sailing along and, uh, the count is three and one and Vladdy three. Oh. I'm sorry. Three and zero, oh and Vladdy. And well, they throw Vladdy a pitch that Vladdy can hit Vladdy hits it. The tying run scores. And this is the fallout. This is, there's a little bit of, 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 uh, reaction between, um, between Tony LaRusse and his catcher. And well, just play the clip if you could.
0: The 3-0. swinging a line drive. Base hit into center field. Lechette's flying around third. He's coming to the plate. Roberts' throw is late. Guerrero races to second. And he slides in without a throw. We are tied in the sixth inning.
4: Tony LaRusse is a Hall of Fame manager and he is steaming in the dugout. And look at him tell Zavala, look over here. You got a base open. You got the best hitter on their team and you give him a 3-1 fastball. Look at me. I'll tell you what I want
3: done. Sixth inning play with some." runner scoring position and Guerrero came up, right? Yeah, I don't have any comment about how that was handled.
2: <laughs> so what happened is, that is uh, Tony La Russa in his post game, and this is brilliant. It's one of those things where I want to, where by not saying anything, you speak volumes. Tony La Russa was asked about uh, Sebi Zavala, the catcher, mm-hmm. who he very publicly uprated uh, <laughs> after the pitch. And uh, the reporter who asked the question, because everybody's doing this remote. The reporter's question breaks up, and you, you can't understand it, but clearly Tony La Russa, Tony La Russa basically says, yeah, yeah I, I, the, the PR guy says, you know, can you repeat the question? And he goes, no, I, I got it. You're asking about the pitch to Guerrero, the pitch to Guerrero, the run that the, the RBI by Guerrero. Yeah, I know the question you're asking. No comment.
3: Huh.
2: What did you think of that? First of all, the pitch. Uh, my first yeah, think, reaction think- is, I, you're, you're Lance Lynn, and you are an AL Cy Young
3: co favorite. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Tony LaRusa is a bully, and you know what bullies do. They they pick on people that they can't pick on. And, and you're you know, not he, picking on Lance Lynn. He was not going to go up to Lance Lynn and Lance go, Lance Lynn hey, would have uh, pile uh, driven him. Well, it would have been a little, probably a different conversation than what he was having with the rookie catcher behind the plate. That's, look, look. That's, that's not probably the way most managers would do it, but he is a Hall of Famer, and he thinks that that's the way he's going to get his point across. I think it was more of, how dare you not look over at me? than what the pitch was and and the situation of the game. We've seen this before uh, throughout the season here, that it's more of when when you have younger guys who don't pay attention to, I'm guessing, Tony DeRosa, what he's doing and what he's spewing, and he doesn't seem to like that. For me, it's more about the pitcher. If you're Lance Lynn, you're the one throwing it. You're, you know the situation of the game. You know who's up, who likes to swing. You know wh- what the Blue Jays have been going through, the situation of w- with runners on, runners in scoring position, how big of an issue they've had of scoring runs. You knew Vladdy was going to swing at anything close. Me, that, that that doesn't have anything to do with the catcher. That, yeah. that has everything to do with the, the veteran pitcher on the mound who should, pro- quite frankly, know better than to throw a ball close. If you want to walk a guy, you yell and scream, you say four pitches, just walk him like they did his next at bat. You just don't give him an opportunity to swing, and you would live to fight another day and let the guy on the on-deck circle beat you or not beat you, but... Well, there's a couple of things there. I I originally, as soon as I saw that, I thought back
2: to something Darren Jackson talked to us about yesterday, the, the White Sox analyst, about how one of the things that they hope Tony LaRusso will bring to this team is that aspect of having been to the postseason of having won in the postseason of having to manage a team with a considerable lead in its division down the stretch all those things you need to do to get a team ready for the postseason and part of me thinks that for Tony La Russa, that was a moment where keeping in and keep in mind that they had their ass handed to them by Tampa Bay.
3: Tampa Bay's a pretty good team, but
2: that was I think a moment for Tony Larusa to try to send a jolt through the team. Really? You think that's going to do it? No, let me now, they're, they're no not, no no they're not games bark, up bark. In their I'm, I'm not no I'm they're, not, they're grown men. I am I'm, I'm I'm not saying that been, I think I've been yelled at by managers. I'm not saying that I, I, I how think I know that works. I'm not saying that I think it works. I'm not. I'm. I'm not saying that. You know how I feel about this whole thing. You know, and and of course social media. Boy, I wish Charlie was yeah, like that with our guys. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's Charlie Montoya. Who was you know with his vast major league experience is going to call guys out. And then I, yeah, you know, I say to people, go look at Kevin Cash and Dave Roberts, are pretty good managers. Go online and try to find a, a Kevin Cash or a Dave Roberts meltdown involving their own players. You know, this idea that a guy has to scream and yell and throw stuff to be a manager, it's just. It, Anyhow, don't get me started about that. But my point is, I think Tony La Russa sees things like this as an opportunity to it kind of say to his team, don't get too freaking comfortable here. Just because we play in a bad division and we're running away with the thing. Uh, you know, I don't think Tony wants his team to play 500 ball the do rest you really of the way get Do you
3: play? think it was more of a rookie catcher didn't look over at him? And let him make the call one way or the other. I I, I will ask you this.
2: I will ask you this. Because I
3: think it was more about that. Well,
2: why why would you do that publicly then? Why 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 wouldn't you say that's a great? You have to ask him. Why wouldn't you go up to the kid afterwards and say, "Hey, and and, hey, man, in that situation, you got to look at me because you got to remember Yasmani Grandels is everyday catcher and he's rehabbing." So, anyhow,
3: um, it it was. I think it's more about the guy standing on the mound. He's the one throwing it. He's the one that's up for this. I young. I want to ask you about this.
2: Because there was a camera shot as Tony is tying into yeah. Sebi.
3: Lance Lynn is there like, Just right a, yeah, what's, he gonna do? what's he going to do? You know, again, it's the Hall of Fame manager the tearing a rookies a new one. Well, well what's, what's the pitcher going to do? Who Walk by the- and go, hey, stop doing that. I was the one through it. Come on, back off. Why not? Really? You think that's a – maybe that happened closed doors down in the tunnel after the game was over. Maybe because he did he, – Lance Lynn did come out and say I was the one through it. It's a bad pitch. I should have never threw it there. Who was the uh, – what was the worst you've been scolded
2: publicly by a manager? Rick, Rick,
3: Rick Sweet. Well, the minor leagues. Rick, Rick Sweet. I, I, it was like one of those games where I was, I don't know, I was 0 for 15, 0 for 20. It was really super hot in, in like July, August. In Louisville, uh, I, I hit a ground ball to second base. I didn't run the ball out. Well, I, I ran it out, but it was, you know, I did. You ran it out the I, way I, I'd run I, it exactly out. Exactly right. Yeah. You know, it, look at me. You know, I'm, I'm pouting, that kind of thing. And he tore tore me in just an absolute new one. Now, I've been AAA a long time. Yeah, Like, you know, he, it took some nerve for him to do that. Now, I, I'm, I'm okay with it. Like, I probably deserved it. But he was, it was more of, I'm doing this because I got a younger team, and if they see me doing it to you, they know I'll do it to them. It was that kind of thing. And, you know, it was more of that, okay, I've probably earned the right in AAA for you not to ever do that again, and I'll let you do it. What's- and we, we were close enough that he could yeah, do that. Yeah, I was, was going to say. Me. We yeah. were buddies. Like, he was my buddy. He wasn't so much my manager. But he flat just tore me a new, and it was from the time I stepped on first, I could hear him when I was running by him. And... It was it was what it was. It didn't do anything. I laughed it off. I thought it was funny, you know. And and I would. That that's the point is you got to be real careful about who you're doing that to. That's why I say when you saw Lance Lynn walking by,
1: yeah,
3: I'm assuming he was thinking that's more funny than it was. Are you kidding? I'm gonna have to take up for my my rookie catcher. I think it was more of it was in between. Of really, we doing this? We're nine and a half up. I made a bad pitch. I shouldn't have made it. I'll 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 take the blame for it after the game. But I just—it's more of a really, yeah. Uh, I think that was a little bit more what what it was. I know if I would have been the pitcher, that would have been the way I was looking at it. Like, who, you, you can't pick a better spot to do it. Say, come here with me. Yeah. And there's tunnels. Walk down the tunnel, then you can do it. Nobody would or see. You you would even, have to or for you even, or you even do you know, as he did later. You
2: just kind of put your arm around the guy and say, hey, anyhow, whatever. That, but it was look, it was it was a talking point out of the game. <laughs> Yeah. And I want and you know, I got a guy who's been in a in a in a dugout here. Yeah. Hey, when 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 managers light up a player, what do guys in the dugout do? Like will will, will guys avoid eye All contact right. with the manager? Will guys decide that now's a real good time to yeah, go I and answer nature's I think calling a or, lot or depend,
3: what? a lot depends on how your team's doing, how that player's doing. You know, if he's struggling, it's probably not a good time to pile on, that kind of thing. Yeah. Right. If you know, if you're nine games up in first place in your division, one of the worst divisions of baseball, quite frankly. Oh, it's, a li- it's a that. little it's a little tough to be to be tearing a rookie, a new one, and right out in front of everybody. So it's it, I think it's a mixed bag of the way people would feel. You know, it's not the first time he's done it. I think I, maybe they're used to seeing it.
2: What did you make of our uh, our guy Alec Manoa last night? Now he's five and two as the is three eighteen. Seventy eight strikeouts are the most through a pitcher's thirteen career MLB games in blue jays history um his he leads american league rookies and the minim- yeah. minimum of 10 starts with a 318 era that's uh third among american league rookies uh it's the second best era by rookie in team history Juan guzman at 299 mm-hmm. and and this is the number that really really sticks out to me um uh, because of the division he pitches, he, opponents are hitting two hundred off him. That's second best behind that kid we saw from Cleveland, Tristan McKenzie. Yeah, who pitched pretty really well. Good, yeah. Pitched pretty well against this team.
3: Yeah, with all with, with all things considered, right? The, the death in the family, the the extra days rest. Uh, you know, he threw one hundred and eight pitches yesterday. That's he about grinded. eight. Grinded. That yeah, he did. That's yeah. about eighteen pitches an, an inning. That's a lot. You know, for, for he's going to throw more than most guys just because he's a big guy. Mm-hmm. He's trying to overpower you. And most overpowering guys are not going to throw 14, 15 pitches an inning. It's going to be around that 16, 17 range. You'd like to see it more to 16 because now that 108 instead of being a six inning would be a seven inning, that kind of thing. So, so you're looking a little bit at that. But for me, it was all about the sinker. Like I I mentioned to you, you you asked me yesterday what would Mm -hmm. I be looking for. The slider tends to get him mechanically where he wanted. The the finish, you know, the the self correction pitch. All of those things, right? The the gather over the mound, all that thing just tends to whenever he's got feel the feel of the slider, everything else sort of falls in place. But the sinker, right? You you look at how many what they're hitting off the sinker, a 186 average against. They're slugging 200 against that. He's thrown the sinker 331 yeah. times, only giving up 13 hits this year against that one extra base hit. The exit velocity off that pitch is 85.5. That, right, i just tell you enough. Like, in the middle of the order yesterday, he's not messing around. Like, mm-hmm. he knew he didn't have the feel of the slider. If I'm going to get beat, it's going to get beat with my four-seam or a sinker. I'm going to come right after you. The Abreu at bat will just – it's up and in. Yeah. It's uncomfortable at bats. It's me against you. It's just everything that when a team's struggling, you want that guy on the mound to set the tone. And and, and, Barker, and did the, it. As a
2: guy who played the game, one thing I've heard from guys who played the game too, hitters can tell when a pitcher doesn't have his best stuff, they can tell when a pitcher's grinding, and nothing's more frustrating than knowing that and still having an uncomfortable at bat against the guy. Yeah. If you're a hitter. Like, because you know, you're looking out, you're, you know, this guy does not have his best stuff today. But he's just, he's he's grinding them into the ground. I Listen, he has had, I know he has had more impressive starts. He's had a couple of impressive sure starts has. as a Blue Jay. But I watched that yesterday and I'm thinking, man, that's that's like, that is, I, I mean, I'm not, not going to put too much of an emphasis on it. Let's see where this series goes from. Here, mm-hmm. but when you consider how this team felt about itself coming out of Detroit, when you consider that they still they were what one for ten with runners in scoring position last night, whatever it was, you know, they won a game on a you know a daring play at home plate, all that stuff. If if this thing gets turned around a little bit, we may be looking at that start and going. Yeah, j- that's a start where this kid came in and held the fort.
3: If you want to know anything about Alec Minot look how he pitched a two, three, four in the order. Six tool and Robert, yeah, uh, Abreu, which is one of the best run producers in all of baseball, just not the American League, and Jimenez. You just look how when when push comes to shove, and he knew he didn't have his best stuff. It was again, and I waited One of those know, me when he shoot. hit when he
2: hit uh, when he
3: hit Abreu. Yeah. I was thinking, okay, let's well, he see. Hit he hit Robert, hit Robert too, and
2: Abreu. Yeah, the, so but, he hit them both. But the one I was thinking of was the Abreu one. I was yeah. thinking, okay, let's see how he reacts to this. I'm not saying I expected him to melt down on the mound, but let's just kind of. Not attacking the end as it, much, exactly. you know, nibbling nope.
3: a little bit more. No, Didn't it was more aggressive. Yeah, if anything, I saw a guy aggressive. who was said, okay, screw this. Yeah. That oh, no, was really good. That, that's the big question for me. Can he get better? And he, and he can the experience—it's can he make a mechanical adjustment? Will adding a wind up? I keep coming back right. to that with that first time through the order, you know, finding release point. You think uh, just they might more do that deception. in the off season. I, I, I mean, it's hard. What well, if the guy the, has success? What do you do? That's a great question. Yeah and he has had success, and he's got a lot of confidence doing it, and he thinks he can repeat delivery over and over and over again. He's a giant human. That's why he's doing it out of the stretch. Right. But what if he added a windup? What if he has more deception? What if he can come up with a better grip on his changeup? What if he eliminates one of the sliders?
2: Yeah, there's 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 a lot there. Yeah. <laughs> there's a ton there.
3: Yeah, there is. Uh, there's a it's ton exciting, there to
2: work with. I think. I I, I was watching him pitch last night, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm, I'm and I know people in this city – current Jays fans, they're fixated on, you know, and they look at Marcus Stroman, they look at guys like yeah. that. I'll tell you, I watch Alec Manoa, and, and I start thinking back to the guys like Chris Carpenter to to not Doc. Doc's a different level, but just guys like that. He
3: reminds me a little of Kurt Schilling. Really? Just, just well, a little bit of but, that. Yeah. I, I got it, and you can't hit it. Yeah. A little bit of that, like that little, just if, you pitch, if, if you're pitching a perfect guy in the American League, he's pitching for the Blue Jays for a long period of time. He's a big, intimidating, I'm going to beat you before you get to the plate guy. Yeah. That's Alec mm-hmm. Manoa. He is the
2: mayor. He is uh, part of MLB's network stable of analysts. He is Sean Casey. Sean Casey joins us next. This is Baseball Central on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Seven is the first pitch tonight. have Barrios on the mound for the Blue Jays. Dylan Cease for the White Sox. We're caught up in a little bit of news. We've already given you the lineups. Uh, the Blue Jays, Vancouver Canadians affiliate, their single A affiliate, announcing today that they will finish out their season in Hillsboro, Oregon. Probably no great surprise. Uh, there was some thought that perhaps. The Canadians would be in Vancouver for the month of September. I think their their schedule goes to the nineteenth. They've got another twelve home games, uh, and they will be playing those games in Hillsboro, Oregon. And H- Hillsboro mm-hmm. will be the visiting team for six of those games. Hillsboro also has six home games against the Vancouver Canadians mm-hmm. at that time as well. So that uh, that news just just a couple of minutes ago from the Vancouver Canadians. And uh, as per Charlie Montoyo, Kevin Barker, and his media availability today, Nate Pearson is scheduled to make one more AAA outing mm. after, and this is according to Ben Nicholson-Smith, after, quote, which an MLB call-up is in play. So one more outing for Nate Pearson, and you would expect Nate Pearson to be up here. Mm. And George Springer ran today. How about that? And swung the bat. Was he running bases? I, 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 Cutting corners. See, here's the thing. I, here's the thing about – we got daily reports about George Springer running the bases every day for the first six weeks he missed. He was – you know, he's running today. Or he yeah. wasn't – you know, he's doing yeah. – I, I, I will – I'm adopting the same – and this – I'm not being negative here. I'm just saying I adopt, I'm adopting the same approach now that I huh. did when he was originally hurt. When he's in the lineup in center field, I will – Yeah. That that'll so you that'll are being be negative. No, I'm just you saying are. that I'm not. I, I'm not going to get caught with the daily George Springer update.
3: I, I'm not. Well, anytime you hear he's supposed to, cut he can come off. He's eligible to come off tomorrow, but he's going to need a couple more days. Well,
2: Boba was on. was on the yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bobichet was on that, the DL right? for for a month with the same I injury. Anyhow, there you go. That that that's your update. now again, not I'm not trying to pour cold you water are. on it. I am not because I want uh, mm. I want George Springer back as soon as possible. Sean Casey is MLB Network mm-hmm. analyst. Uh, he is also host of the podcast "The Mayor's Office" with Sean Casey. We just it's referred. A perfect it. name. It's a perfect name for him, and uh, we're very pleased to be joined by Sean Casey. Sean, thanks so much for joining uh, Barker and myself. I greatly appreciate it. We trust you're doing well. Um, hey, I wanted to ask you, you know the, the the big topic of discussion in this city right now has been the Jays' inability to hit with runners in scoring position, and a lot of that is falling on the shoulders of Vladdy and Bo. And I've been taking the approach that if these are young guys, it's August, dog days, et cetera, et cetera, 162-game schedule, all, all of that stuff. Um, as someone who's been around the game, as someone who's also, you know, you were a young player, you've seen young players, you've been a mentor to young players, what would cause you concern if you saw something like this happening in August? Like, I'm just saying I think it's just real good players they are going to have to figure it out. What would cause you to be concerned? Hello, Sean. There you are. Oh, he wasn't there. Mm.
3: See, the that's question great, was so question. Question. Oh, man, I'll tell you what. No, no, no way you're going to hey? do that again. Mm-mm. I'll tell you what. I, I, I bet he heard it. Of course he heard it. Yeah, yeah I bet he did.
2: Of course he heard it. Yeah. He just needed some time to think about it. Right. See, we got him. Right. Now we've got him back. Sean, how are you, man?
1: Hey, what's up, fellas? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm like ghosted. I'm like, hey, what you guys do
2: like me So much you can hanging up on Ah uh, No, it's okay. It's just, you know, it's a, we're, we're, I mean, we, when, we tell, when we say that we're opening the border gradually, we mean yeah. we're opening the border gradually. That, oh, yeah. that That goes for phone calls as well. So <laughs> – I apologize for that. God. I'm not going to ask you the whole question again, except I'm just, I'm just going to say Vladdy and Bo, you know, this team's struggling with runners and scoring position. Vladdy and Bo seem to be wearing a lot of it. Um, I've been telling everybody these are young guys, they'll figure it out. Everybody take a chill pill. Uh, what, what would cause you to be concerned, you know, about, about this situation? In other words, what would you see that would make you say, okay, this isn't just exactly young guys trying to figure this out?
1: Well, you know what I think what's funny is, you know, and, and bark knows, I mean, you know, it's a long season, you know, I, I I remember, I remember the years, like the years I made the all-star game, all-star team, I came out the second half, just like total, like a bum. I'm like, wow, I turned into a bum. What happened here? You know what (laughs) I mean? Like I I was so legit because you're thinking about getting to the all-star game, making the all-star team. Then the second half starts, you're like, wow, we still have like 75 games to go. You know what I mean? So it's such a grind of a year. That at times you're not going to perform like you did, maybe when in that first half All-Star you know section. So I just think like it's a learning experience, and these guys are really just getting their feet wet, and they're just getting you know it's 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 a it's a different ball game to play six months. But these guys are star players, man. They're star players up and down this up and down this whole whole team, and uh, you know you can't teach experience. The more these guys have to learn to play a six month season and put up big numbers that whole time. It'll help Toronto in the future. I just think you guys are so close to being one of the best teams in baseball, and those guys will be a big part of carrying it.
3: Okay, you just mentioned experience. Now, they, they have a real tough time probably because they're a young team. Dylan Cease is throwing tonight, and they've never faced him before. If you were in the clubhouse because they have issues when they don't face a guy before, you know, you, how do you attack him? What would be the message? that you? Because you're a 300 career hitter. You know, you've had success against guys you've never faced before. Well, what would be your approach against guys like that?
1: Let's hunt the fastball I mean guys got a good yeah. fastball, you know Barquey, listen, you know sometimes that first pitch is the best hit to, best pitch to hit if we haven't seen this guy before, let's ambush him early let's 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 get ready to uh let's get ready to hit, get on the fastball, and be ready to you know to get this guy out of the game, get him out of the stretch, and put some pressure on him
3: okay, I don't know if you were watching the game last night or the highlights, which I'm sure you did. you see Tony Russa you know tearing his catcher, his young catcher, a new one on the three o pitch that the pitcher was throwing to Vladimir Guerrero Jr. late in the game to give up the big hit in the RBI, a veteran player. You know, been around forever. If you're walking by that and you're seeing a manager whose third team is having a really good season, you're almost 10 games up in your division, you're pretty good. You're probably going to be in the playoffs. You're going to be, you know, high up, a big seed, probably home field advantage. Do you like that? Is, do you have a problem with that? Is that okay? How do you think the clubhouse is thinking about that?
1: I don't know like I think one thing about larusa i you know I know having played against him a lot of years, especially when I was in the you know with the reds and, and uh, La Russa was with the Cardinals, you know to a man, the guys in that clubhouse love him, you know, I think they they respect him, respect his knowledge of the game, and uh you know. I don't know exactly. You know, I, I wouldn't want that to happen to me. But I also mm-hmm. think, like, I remember I came out one time. How about this, Mark? I come out one time. You know, Jim Leland and Larus are like best of buddies. They're 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 built from the same cloth. I come out one time. It's Sunday night baseball. It was like it was supposed to be a, a seven seven o'clock game. At eleven thirty, they're like, hey, everyone's dressed and ready to go home. They're like, all right, boys. And Leland comes out. He's like, hey, uh, game starts in fifteen minutes. I'm like, I was just about to be in my car. What are you nuts to like? So we end up going out, starting the game. It's like 3.30 in the morning. This is my ninth year in the big leagues. Um, it's a 3-3 game in, in like the 15th inning now. We're in 15 innings. Uh, Placido Polanco's on first. Gene Lamont's at third base. And, and um, Leland gives the hit-and-run sign. And I'm thinking, he can't be given the hit-and-run sign because it's so late in the game. Let me just get a pitch. I'll shoot the four-hole while first and third will be in business. So I take the pitch. Boom, Polanco gets, gets caught up in the rundown. And I'm like, oh, God, it was a hit-and-run. Leland comes out of the dugout onto the field and yelling, you're an idiot, you're an idiot, it's a hit and run, you idiot, I'm like, is this guy undressing me in front of, in front of all these people, like, it's my ninth year in the big so I looked over and I said, you know what, that's Jim Leland, he can say whatever he wants to me, Tony La Russa, I kind of look at it the same way, hey man, yeah. you're Tony La Russa, you've been around the block, I guess you know what you're doing.
2: Hey, Sean, what do you make of Vladdy's development as a first baseman, leaving aside the hitting, but just his defensive development as a first baseman?
1: Man, I think if you can play the other corner, if you can play third base, even though, like, they moved to the first, they thought he wasn't going to be a, an elite third baseman, he still played it pretty well. He's a, he's a really good athlete. Uh, and I think I think he just gets when the more I watch him develop at first base, I think he just gets better and better. And I think the more you're over there, you start to understand what the footwork is, how to how to go get a pick, you know where you should play on the cuts. So all those things, I think I think he continues to get better over there.
3: Okay, I got to ask you a question. You know, young young guy, talk about Bobichet. Young guy got a big leg kick. You know, got some holes in his swing this year. Guys are attacking him with fastballs. They can get him out with a little bit in, a little bit up and in, some down and away with some sliders. Obviously, you can't cover the entire strike zone. But the question is, young guy, how much would it take struggling-wise for him to make a little bit of an adjustment on something that you do with something that you raise as high as he does with his leg?
1: Well, I mean, I think you're always, you know, I think the one thing about baseball is we always say hey, it's a game of adjustments. You yeah. know, if if, if something is not working for you, maybe, may, and maybe it's not a, you know, maybe he maybe he goes to maybe a two strike approach with, on the second strike or something. It could be a until you get hot again. It could be a two week adjustment. It could be a month adjustment. It doesn't have to be an overhaul where like you know Bo Bo shit, you know, he's good because he. He's not a big dude, but that leg kick allows him to really gather and put everything into the ball to yeah. drive the ball out of the park all over the place. I just think during during the during a six month season, you're going to go through stretches where you're not maybe dominant and maybe you're just average. And I think those are the ones you just got to keep going until you figure out that timing and figure out how to get how to get it back. So I wouldn't do a a big overhaul like get rid of a leg kick of a guy like Bo Bichette because he needs it.
2: Sean Casey joins us in Baseball Central. Now Barker's convinced that the White Sox are a fraud. Um, <laughs> he, he's convinced that if they were in any other division, they wouldn't be in first place. Oh, and uh, I you know I've been attempting to set him straight. I've been yeah, attempting right I, I, the bus. I Darren Jackson tried to help me yesterday. It 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 clearly it clearly right. didn't work. So yeah. Sean, I'm I'm hoping you can convince Barker that that the White Sox are good enough to win the American League this year. <laughs>
1: I mean, when you have a guy like Lance Lynn about to win the Cy Young, Rodon is in the conversation too. Giolito, Dylan Cease. And then, you, you know, and then you just got Kimbrell. You got Hendricks in the back end of the pen. You got Roberts back. Eloy Jimenez back with a Braille and all those firepower. Tim Anderson, Barkley, you've got to get a hold of yourself. Yeah, Man, yeah. I don't know what you're doing, but freaking you need to clean it up. Okay, let's be, <laughs> let's be, awesome. let's yeah.
3: be serious. Let's be serious now. If they were going to Yankee <laughs> Stadium and had to play a couple of games in Yankee Stadium to, a, to win. Yeah, it's all answer. about winning, winning the American League. Right now, today, you picking the White Sox.
1: I think they have a good enough team, yes. Oh. Are you kidding me? The White Sox are the They match up they match up with anyone in baseball.
3: Okay. I
2: thank you. You thought thank you
1: saw Tim Anderson hit one into the freaking Two minutes and hit one into the corn to win it. Right. That? They were up 7 4 in
2: that game at the end. I mean, if you're hitting balls into corn, then yeah, there's just, it. I mean, that's almost mythical stuff, man. If that—if you're doing that, then I mean, you're good. It's, it's your year. Oh. It's your year. Hey, Sean, listen, man. Thanks for doing <laughs> this. Exactly.
3: Yeah, how dare you talk common sense on this show? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just glad. I'm, I'm just to, I'm trying to knock some common
2: sense in me. Yeah, I know. Well, I know. It's, 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 Two to nothing for me right now, so I appreciate it. You're Thanks, the, Sean. You're the best. You're the best, man. Be well. All right. All right, fellas.
3: Take care. Thanks. Take
2: care. That's Sean Casey of the MLB Network, host of the Mayor's Office podcast. He is the mayor. He is yeah, Sean nobody, Casey. It,
3: there ain't nobody on this side of the table is saying that the White Sox are not a good team. I'm just saying you're saying they're the best team in the American League. They're better than the, that's, better that's, than the Yankees. That's strong. Okay,
2: well, let's, okay, well no. stop. Bullpen. Who's, whose bullpen are you taking? Zach Britton's in the IL with an elbow injury. Now. Or, or, whose bullpen are you taking, White Sox or Yankees?
3: Uh, are, are they playing home? Where, where's yeah. the game at? What, it, it,
1: it, it matters. Matters. Well, they're going to play. Matter. Here's the thing, Bert. Here's matter. the thing.
2: They're going to play a couple of games at Yankee Stadium and they're going to play a couple of games in Chicago.
3: Okay. Seven games, game, whatever. Five, seven game series. Who are you picking? If, if we're getting to Craig Kimber, we've been seeing as a White Sox, I'll take the Yankees. You're, you're huh. starting rotation. Uh, that's a different story. Yeah, the, the rotation for the White Sox All is right. really good, but but the the Ale Central will give yeah, you yeah, a it, ton it, of confidence it, when you're pitching. in it doesn't matter. We're talking we're
2: talking Yankee we new. No. Sure it does. No, no, no,
3: no. I mean, I, we're talking Yankees, White Sox. Sorry head for head. me saying that Dylan Cease going to Yankee Stadium would have I, to. Prove how it. do you know Dylan Cease is going to be? Well, it, well, I mean, he, he, knows, he, he, he would have he would have to play some kind of factor in it. Something. the fifth starter. Ah, no, fourth starter. He's pitching. Good.
2: <laughs> you could have a bullpen game there. Lineup. Right. Line Lineup right now. Lineup right now. Yankees. Uh, offensively, White Sox. Defensively, and this is something Buck and Dan both talked about last night. And it it's something that I think might be their undoing. They are not, and I was surprised when I looked at the numbers. The White Sox are not a good. It's not that they're not a good defensive team. They are capable of being a boneheaded. Not consistently making the, the routine time.
3: play, is what yes. you're saying.
2: Yeah. And yeah. especially when the guy especially when Tim Anderson is in the
3: lineup. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Tim Anderson might be the X factor. Abreu, you know, when he's red hot using the entire field. See I, Look, I think... they got they got a good team, but everybody's yelling and screaming at their best team in the American League. they, they got to prove it. Like they got to go to the Astros. They got to go to Yankee Stadium. They got to, you know, win some four to three games and play a sound offensive, defensive bullpen game winning on the road. They're a really oh. good home game. They're a that. really good home team. Look at that, by really the way. They're not a really good
2: road team. Look at that, by the way. I'm telling people, look at it. You're on the radio. I know. Who would have ever thought that that mm. would work? Um, I'm talking about, uh, we're watching George Springer run on. Uh, Picking
3: him up and setting him down.
2: On, on uh, a live, uh, that's not a live feed. It's a feed from the Rogers Center. So, we saw George Springer doing his running drills. Apparently, he was doing zigzag running drills as well. He, look at that. He looks happy, man. He's talking to Luis Rivera. He's talking to Jose Mistral there. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's all good Can you go. DH? He's
3: good to go. What? Can you DH jog to first? Jog around the base. I can do that, coach. Anyhow,
2: there you go. So, that is uh, proof positive that he is indeed doing some running.
3: Hey, five ninety
2: five ninety is a text line. Uh, you, if you've got something to say about this team, weigh in. Uh, maybe you can tell Barker that... Uh, you know how wrong he is at the White Sox are not the are not are the not best, best team, in team, the team in the American League. American League yes, well, I'll ask you guys. Five ninety five. Are, are, are
3: they better than the Rays? Five ninety five ninety.
2: Who 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 is the best team in the American League? The Rays. Five ninety five ninety. No no no. You guys, give us your name. Give us your location. Tell us who's the best team in the American League. And. We've got to talk a little Robbie Ray at some point. Maybe we'll do that tomorrow. We'll ask people if, uh, it's walk-off Wednesday tomorrow. We'll ask people if Robbie Ray has a legit shot at the AL Cy Young Award. Maybe we'll do something like that. 590-590 is the text line. Any questions you got for Barker? Any comments? Anything at all? Feel free to weigh in. Jeff Passan joins us at 6 o'clock. We'll be back to get you set for it. It's Baseball Central on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. All right, I didn't want anybody to think that I was uh, that I was jumping off the Rays bandwagon because I'm not. Uh-huh.
3: Barker is you had trying two days in a
2: row. No, Barker is is feeding you fake news. <laughs> Barker is trying Barker is trying to convince you that I said the White Sox were the best team in oh, the American you did League. Say it. No. The the I said the Whites I would did I say that? What I meant to say You said it yesterday I said I'd and take, today. I I'd, I'd take the White Sox over the Yankees. Easy. I don't even think it's close. I don't even think it's a close oh, series. Man. I think the Rays are still the best team in the American League. But I asked folks, five ninety five ninety 590 is a text line, and you have weighed in. Name and location, please, as well. And I said, all right, all right. Who do you think is the best team in the American League? A lot of people. A lot of people have said Rays. Joe from the Upper Beaches, I agree with Barker. The White Sox need to prove it in the playoffs. The best team in the American League is Tampa Bay, but the Yankees may be the best team by the end of the there you season. Go. That Joe is uh...
3: now. Now remember too. Go this year when you have to go to the Yankees. That is home field advantage. There are f- fans in the in the stands. That's a big deal. Going to Yankee Stadium. I tried it. I played right field. Yeah, but it's not that... I played right field in Yankee Stadium. But yeah, but but, Bark. It... It's a big deal. It means something. It's an X factor. I, that's what I'm saying. Go, have, the White Sox have to prove it. Go, go to Yankee Stadium and beat them. Go to the Astros and beat them. Go to Tampa Bay and beat them. It's a bigger
2: home field advantage. The Yankees at Yankee Stadium because their fans are Tampa and St. Pete because there's nobody there. It's Yeah, it's like being in a mausoleum. I
3: would say regular season, it's probably the Rays. Yep. In the playoffs, huh, Yankee Stadium all the way.
2: 590-590 is the text line. We've got some really good questions on the text line uh, for Mr. Barker, which is what we like to see. So keep them coming. We will get to them. In the next hour, Ben Wagner joins us. First pitch is at 7.07 from the Rogers Center. The roof is open. It will be Jose Barrios on the mound for the Blue Jays' Dylan Cease for the White Sox. Jeff Passen joins us next. This is Baseball Central, pregame edition on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Now, in case you don't know, We are going to be from 5 to 7 for the rest of the Blue Jays on Baseball Center. I realized yesterday was the first. I didn't didn't say that. I don't think I said that yesterday. We'll be on from 5 to 7. We will be your pregame show. And if there's a Jays afternoon game, i.e., for example, on Thursday there's an afternoon game, we will be on the hour before the game. As your pregame. Show. Yeah, yeah, you,
3: yeah. Well, you were too so, busy so, saying, so, saying so, dumb things like the White Sox is the best team no, in the no, American no, League. No,
2: no. So, so just. Yeah. No. <laughs> the uh, Jays and White Sox are about an hour away from uh, first pitch. The Jays lineup is as follows Bichette, Semyon, Guerrero Jr., Hernandez, Dickerson's the DH, Kirk's behind the plate, Gurriel Jr.'s in the left. Josh Palacios gets the start in center field. Santiago Espinal at third base. Brios is on the mound, of course. And uh, for the Chicago White Sox, one of the best teams in the American League. <laughs> the lineup is Robert, Moncada, Abreu, Jimenez, Goodwin, Garcia, Lamb, Mendick, Collins, and Dylan Cease. And, of course, the last time out, we talked a little bit about this, and we'll, we'll talk to Ben Wagner about this. Jose Burrios the last time out. Seemed to be, yeah, seemed to be, I wouldn't say sailing along, but took himself out of a game against the Washington Nationals. Mm-hmm. Um, after what was it, 88, how many pitches? 88, 86 pitches, something like that. Went to Charlie Montoyo and said, you know, the heat, humidity, I'm wearing down. Um, yeah, you know, we're not going to make a big deal about it. We talked about it with Wagner yesterday, uh, and I will we'll ask him again today as to whether or not Charlie's approaching this start any differently. I just found that a little puzzling that uh, a guy would essentially ask out.
3: Yeah, see, I look at it on the other side. I, I sort of like that a guy knows his body well enough and, and, no, it's and, fair. and wants I... to keep his, you know, don't want to run himself back out there and doesn't give the team the best that he has Well, and, let's, and gives up runs and, and they lose a the game because be of so it. Okay. Right. Uh, that, and, and let's be clear. Okay,
2: all right, that's fair. And let's be clear, it's a new team for him. The, he's, you know, they're not used to having him around. Yeah. They're going to have to learn, out, learn a few things about each other. It takes in some here. guts
3: to go to a manager and say well, that it does. with a new team.
2: It, it, it does. Um, he's, got a, he's got a good record, by the way, against the White Sox going back to uh, – Going back to his days with Minnesota, if you're so high, you're, you really nothing would make you happier than if the White Sox were swept in this in the series, first round. just so you could,
3: just so you could could hammer not getting, me. Let's be honest, they're not getting swept. <laughs> like I don't know. that's but a bit you, strong. You,
2: you will be playing the White Sox or overrated card for the rest Overrated's of overrated is a bit happens.
3: strong. I said prove it. The best in the American League is a bit strong. I said prove it. All right, that's all I said. Back in the good old
2: days. There would have been a couple of managers fired by now. Hmm. But uh, so far this season, we've seen one major change. Well, we, the, the, that's not fair. The Mets, Mets made a couple of changes to, the, to their staff. But the, the San Diego hitting Padres, hitting coaches, thank you. The San Diego Padres uh, just a couple of days ago getting rid of their pitching coach, Larry Rothschild. And it's kind of bizarre because it seems as if Jace Tingler, the manager... I mean, quite often when it happens, a lot of times it's the manager kind of shrugs and goes, "Well, you know, kind of." I mean, but it kind of sounds as if he was on board with this, and he, if it was he something, was one it he was something was, it. yeah, it was something he's been thinking about for a while. Yeah. So, I'm going to bring in Jeff Passan, our MLB insider with ESPN. We've got a lot to talk to Mr. Passan about, but but you know, Jeff, look, I, I I have to admit there are times when I pine for those managers being fired storylines, you know, and 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 um. We just we don't see it that much anymore, do we are you,
4: are you, we? The, are, you the, are you that are you that hard up to things to talk about no, but i every now and
2: then I, I i'm not i like a little managerial intrigue yes, I admit i do i i do i like a little managerial intrigue i mean i covered I, I think I've covered like four managers that were fired in season, five managers that were fired in season uh all kidding aside is this is this part of the analytics thing that just that so much is so much is collaborative right now that essentially it almost weighs against managers getting blamed
4: for a lack of production. When when a manager is fired, is that not an indictment on the front office, Jeff? Well, I think I, about it. Think, I, I mean, think about think about it this way. Think about how much of what a manager does, and, and it's a great point you bring up. Think about how much of uh, that a manager does actually does comes and emanates from the front office it's a lot right like i don 't know that there's a manager in baseball right now who absolutely unilaterally makes out his lineup and, yeah, I, and it, correct. yeah i i mean i just i think it I think it illustrates uh, not, not necessarily the the neutering of the manager because. During the game, the manager is still the one who's making the decisions. And inside the clubhouse, the manager is still the one who's um, massaging personalities and, and trying to figure that out. Like I think being a manager is really hard these days, actually, because you almost don't get to make those types of decisions by yourself. And you have to do the bidding and be on the same page as your front office, or It's just not going to work.
2: It almost seems as if you're saying you almost have to manage up a little bit, don't you?
4: Uh, it's not a little bit. I think managing up is every bit as important as managing down for a modern manager.
1: Mm.
3: Uh, the Padres lost. And, I, and, and, maybe, and maybe,
4: by the way, that's not how it should be. But right. I, I also think with the reservoir of information right now that a good manager, and I use that word not as a wearing a uniform, managing a baseball team manager, I use that as like a manager of people. A good manager recognizes his or her weaknesses and relies upon other people uh, to help him or her get past those or understand those. And so, to me, a, a manager who doesn't embrace all of the information out there is a relic at
3: this point. Okay, Padres lost 8 out of the last 10. They fired their pitching coach. Can they turn this around?
4: Yeah. I mean, I suppose it's not like the Cincinnati Reds are world beaters by any means, but the Padres, you know, the they, uh, they're a frustrating team, and and they're a frustrating team. I think that has an analog in the American League, and who is that American League analog right now, guys? I think it might be our team. Uh, it is your team, and it's your team for a number of reasons. Um, they're both very top-heavy. Like, you look at the teams like, uh, I suppose the Dodgers are both top and bottom-heavy, so they're a bad example. But you look at teams like the Giants and the Rays, and they have good players. They have some guys who you would say, uh, yeah, that guy's a, a star or, or pretty close to it. Um, but, but more than that, their they're 16 through 26 are really good. Like they are representative players and guys out of whom those organizations get the most that they can. Uh, the Padres and uh, the Blue Jays are both very top-heavy teams, and that lack of depth I think is as much to blame for the problems that each of those teams is having as anything. Jeff, the is that is that a, is that, yeah, is that a no.
2: reasonable analysis? By the way, I, no, I, I think it. I think it is. There's. I, it, you know, a couple of things that, that, that really, that sort of stand out for me is I, I'm, you know, and, and it carried a little further you, as well. I mean, look at the moves the Padres made with the starting pitching in the yeah. off season. You know, I, I, I think you're absolutely right. The only difference is I, I, I would say, I mean, the Jays are getting really good, getting really good starting pitching.
4: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they are, you know, better Their than, starting pitching has been right. spectacular. Frank, better which, than, we which, is, which they is even, yeah, which is honestly, it, it makes, this rut that they're in right now, and it makes, honestly, the entirety of this season puzzling to yeah. me. I look at the lineup that they have, and I look at the starting pitching that they've gotten. They have a guy who, whether you want to say wins above replacement for pitchers is good, and I happen to think both wins above replacement with baseball reference and fan graphs for pitchers kind of suck. But if you're at the top of the wins above replacement leaderboard on either of those guys, you're having a good year, right? Robbie Ray is the most valuable pitcher in the American league by baseball reference for this year. Alec Manoa, since he has come up has been absolutely phenomenal. And you can go on and on guys about the team, about the players on this team, especially the starting pitchers, who have done a good job this year. Is, is Hunjin Ryu as good as he can be? No. Does he still have a 3-5 ERA to 24 starts? Yes. Uh, has Steven Matz been way better than expected this year? Yes. Mm-hmm. Has Ross Stripling been solid? Yes. Is Jose Barrios really good? Yes. Yeah. I mean, we can keep going. They have, like, when Stripling's healthy, guys, they have six legitimately good starting pitchers. And to have that and still be as mediocre as they've been this year, despite their run differential, like it as frustrated as Padres fans are right now, I'm not sure that there is a more understandably frustrated group of fans than those of the Toronto Blue Jays right now.
2: No, I listen, I I think you're right. And you know, the other thing here too is yes, George Springer has been hurt, but Vladdy and Bo have been healthy for, 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 yeah. for, for most of the year. So um, for all of the year, for yeah. for that matter,
4: and, and yeah, and and Simeon's been like Simeon leads all of baseball and yeah. wins the replacement. By the way, Tay Oscar and, and Tay Oscar's been phenomenal, and Randall Grichik's gonna hit thirty home runs. It looks like uh, we can like we can go on and on about what the Jays have. Yeah, what they have is pretty darn good, and and it's it's just amazing to be even. If you tell me I'm going to put together a lineup like that and a starting staff like that, you could give me the worst bullpen in baseball, and I still think they would be better than they've actually been right now. Yeah, the thing that, that I – that the, Like that part just gets me.
2: Yeah, and what, what also gets me, and you know, especially with this series, is we know that the Jays took a real run at Liam Hendricks. We know that Liam Hendricks visited the yeah. training facility. There were all, the, yeah. talks with him got a you – know, there. there was a lot there – and, and that's, that's one thing that, again, I know you can't necessarily exercise hindsight all the time, but I just yeah. ask myself, if this team was able to get Liam Hendricks yeah. signed, how different would things
4: be? Uh, I have, I, I, I will say this, Jeff. I have a hard time being willing to spend $55 million on a closer for three years. I kind of get why they punted on that one. Yeah, like but... I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Going for the cheap option with Kirby Yates yeah. is not the right thing to do. But but this is this is hindsight that we're looking at right yep, now. That's fair. And you know, I I just I I get trying to sign de- sign guys for deals that make good value sense. Um, I I also think that with the glaring. And I mean glaring weakness that is this bullpen. Uh, this offseason, if they don't make that a priority, then they are wide open for criticism. I mean, you, like let, let's just look at this right here: what one run games? What would you think the Jays are this season? It's actually not as bad as I thought. Uh, one run games.
2: I'm I was just looking at extra inning. I don't know what they are off the top of my head. They're, I will they're, do
4: not, they're not. They're not. They're nine and fourteen in one run games. Right. Nine and fourteen. That's, that's not. Yeah, Two and nine in yeah. extra Good innings. Point. That's hard. Yeah. I mean, that's... Yeah, like, tw-
3: 26 losses yeah. out of the bullpen. That right there sums it up for me. Tw- 26 losses. You, like, they, you cut that in half. Yeah. I mean, they're close to... They're pushing for first place in the American League East. Like, They're pu- they're they're pushing for on field advantage at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I, how do you think Ross will grade Charlie Montoyo after the season's over?
4: Hmm it, okay, you know, I, I think that is a good question and a fair question. Um, the, the, we have to remember the, the transition that the Jays made from, okay, we're building something to, okay, we kind of want to really win now. I, I don't know that anyone anticipated they were a playoff team last year or, or that they were, you know, competitive last year. I think this year was probably the first year. So I, I think that there's, there, like, if Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins are being honest with themselves, uh, they, they need to look at the lack of bullpen and, and say what Charlie Montoya's done this year has been informed by that. Mm. Um, I, I, are, are they going to be as self-critical uh, as they need to be? And are they going to give him the, the pieces and parts? And I, I hope so. But, but if you're asking, is Charlie Montoya going to get fired for, for this season? I, I don't, I don't anticipate that.
2: Uh, Jeff, uh, one of the, you know, one of the questions we're going to, we're going to be looking at here in the next month or so, regardless of how this season turns out is at at some point, we're led to believe the Jays spoke to Bo Bichette last year uh, about some sort of long-term contract. I don't know. I don't know how far it got. Bo said in spring training, there were some talks and just kind of moved on and sort of, made it very clear that, you know, he wasn't interested in talking about it. But they've got Teoscar Hernandez. They've, they've, they've got, I think, at some point, think about re-signing Robbie Ray. Um, I mentioned Bo. I mentioned Vladdy. There's going to have to be a decision made in Marcus Semyon. And, and I think you know where I'm going with this. What, what, are the, what is the status right now of CBA talks? And, and I hate talking about the CBA in august but what are you the... do not
4: you love that yeah Come you're on. right
2: i love that. It's true it's never too early to you start do. getting the old 1994 expo stuff ready <laughs> Dust it off. um but uh all, all 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 that aside do you have any idea from talking to baseball executives or people around the game how they are going to balance cba talks with having to make contractual decisions about some of these some of these players
4: basic agreement expires on December 1st and um, I anticipate there will be a smattering of moves in November almost guys who are worried about getting deals perhaps because they don't know what the the levers of the new collective bargaining agreement are going to look like so they're just trying to squeeze roster spots and dollars out but uh, if there is some kind of a work stoppage and Uh, I, I would say, uh, I would bet on that being the case at this point, Mm. uh, there, there could be, um, I'm not going to call it a transaction freeze necessarily like a formal one, but I mean, how many guys are going to go signing in that point? Like, I just don't, I don't see there being a bustling market. Mm. Um, and and by the way, I talk about a, a work stoppage. I, I still don't think any of them are dumb enough to lose games. Right. But then again, I didn't think any of them were dumb enough to have a sixty game season last year instead of a ninety game season like they could have.
2: So right. what do I know? Mr. Passon, you know more than we do. And ah. Thank
4: you. <laughs> the you new should, by the way, let, you. Me, let me let me let me let me just let me just say this. Yes. Uh of all the of all the free agents that yes. you mentioned there, here here is something that we have to keep in mind. Uh, the Toronto Blue Jays as it stands right now before uh you know, paying Barrios in his final year of arbitration and uh you know stripling in and, and Simber, um, and, and Vladdy and others. Um, I mean Vladdy's gonna cost a lot of money. I believe he's arbitration eligible mm-hmm. uh, for the first time next year. Um, so he's gonna cost. Uh Bichette, I believe same thing. Uh, now, you know, he may have another year. Yeah,
3: but he does.
4: point being, um, they have only $65 million on the books right now. So the Jays can spend. Yeah. Period. End of story. That's it. If they don't spend, that is the failure because they have the guy who, if not for Shohei Otani, would be weighing MVP in the American League right now. Um, they have a franchise caliber shortstop. Uh, they have a guy in right field who, uh, they undervalued when they tried to extend him last year and is going to want to get paid, paid. Um, and, uh, all of these things, uh, with potential Barrios extension as well, uh, are, it's going to be a fascinating stew of maneuvers, uh, up in your neck of the woods.
2: Jeff, thanks for doing this. My friend As always take care. Thanks a lot. See you boys. Yep. Jeff passing ESPN MLB insider.
3: Question will be how much money will they spend on Robbie Ray or Marcus Simeon <sighs> or either?
2: I, I mean, I, I, you know, you heard Jeff talk about uh, there was an attempt to extend to Oscar Hernandez last off season. Obviously, the sides didn't weren't able to come to uh, come to conclusion. I think it was think it was the Oscar he mentioned. Mm-hmm. I I hate to say this, but. Um, because I've been saying I need to see how Robbie Ray finishes. I don't know if I want to go to four years for Robbie Ray. I don't know. I don't know what I want to do with Marcus Semien in terms of length. Certainly I offer Marcus Semien. I, you know, I I extend him a qualifying offer. (laughs) I mean, that, 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 this that's gotta be the biggest no brainer qualifying offer of all time. I I honestly, see, part of the problem with making these decisions is we don't know, we don't know what was left on the table at the trade deadline. We don't know what discussions the Jays had with teams that weren't able to come to fruition, but might. And I'm yeah. not, I'm, you know, Jose Ramirez, we've talked about that, but I'm, I'm just using that as an example. Yeah. We don't, we don't know that. So Ross and Mark do. You know, one of the things that happens is a tra- at a trade deadline is when you step back from it, you do have a better idea of how teams value their players. So perhaps you can revisit things in the off season. So we don't know, yeah, sort of how close they came to making these other moves. I, I know this. I would I would have a discussion with 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 huh. with both of
3: them, but. Um, Hi- hypothetical, they go out and trade for Jose Ramirez. For me, they have to sign Marcus Simeon. You, well, if you trade for Jose Ramirez, you're all in then. Yeah, you, you you can't have Kevin Biggio playing second base with Jose Ramirez, Bo Bichette, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. The rotation that you're going to have, whether it's Robbie Ray or not, like you're yeah, all yeah. in at that point. Then you have to second basements who hit 30 in the American League East don't grow. But trees. I've also
2: I've also got to yeah. I also have to as much as this ownership group spends money now and as much as this front office has spent money i also have to be aware kevin that at some point i'm gonna have to back up the truck back up the brinks truck for vladdy and Bo. I, at some point
3: yeah but that's not that's three or four years finish.
2: down the road no not no it's not I, no it's not vladdy's gonna make a ton of money next year like at, at some point soon you are going to be paying 25 million dollars for the two of them combined I, at least
3: i i don't can you go half, can you go half in you got to go at this point you're all in like well, you, you, you've traded the, prospects big time it, prospects also... already you've gotten a picture no, for no, another that's year what, no i just you have not you, traded
2: you, who who are you you've you've traded one big time
3: prospect i mean Simeon woods rich is a pretty good prospect too but yeah but yeah. you
2: still have you
4: still
3: Athleticism have that are young who can throw strikes who dead, throw hard but you still well, that's have, true you,
2: you, you still bye, bye. true you, you still have groshans uh, you still have Martinez. You still you have the guys that we said you wouldn't touch. So we can't sit here and say don't touch Martinez uh, and don't and 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 don't touch Moreno. And then all of a sudden say, wow, well, they got saying right. that
3: you're not true. That that what you just said is not true. But you traded a couple of big time prospects to get a guy, not for three years from now. That you think your window is. No, if you not got, this year, no, and definitely next year. Yeah, That's yeah, my point but, is.
2: But, but you did you traded for a guy in Barrios that you, ought, you know you have next year, yeah. and you might be able to extend the year after. It's not like you traded for a guy you're only going to have for I'm, a year. I'm with you. Even more recently, so,
3: if you're, are you in or are you half in?
2: But, again, you have to look at all. how do these windows match up? How long are you going to have Ryu? How long are you going to have Jose Ramirez if you bring him in? How mm-hmm. long are you going to have Barrios? You know, uh, will you be able to hang on to all those three guys? Will you have them all in your team in the next three years? A,
3: Probably not. This would be a tough sale if you trade for Jose Ramirez and Kevin Biggio's playing second. You're not going to have – But sell.
2: you're not going to have Kevin Biggio. You can have, you can have Cesar Hernandez playing second base. I guess. Uh, you know, the idea that, well, if you trade, you're, you're not going to make any other deals. No. I mean, you can walk and chew gum at the same time.
3: Mm. It's tough for an American League East, though, to do well, that. Well, it, it is.
2: Again, I yeah. Do I want to? Do I want to get hooked up with Marcus Simeon for three years? No. Do I want to get hooked up with Robbie Ray for four years? Probably. It, maybe maybe two years. If 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 Robbie Ray is willing to have the discussion about two years and an option, I'm not worried about the money. the The money will work out. I'm worried about the the length of the term with him. But I'm I don't necessarily need to re-sign. I know folks yeah. out there are in love with this team and all that. If this team finishes the season where it is right now, if they finish the season and they're six back out can, of the
3: wild you card. You can finish in fourth without Marcus Simmons, is what you're saying?
2: Yeah, yeah. I can.
3: I can. I can. That's a great point.
2: I can finish in fourth without Marcus. It doesn't or matter Bobby to Ray. me if I'm, if I'm six back or ten and a half back. Yeah. At, at that point, it doesn't make any difference to me. Uh, 590, 590 is a text line. We'll go back to the text line. We'll also go to the Rogers Center where Ben Wagner awaits the Jays and the White Sox. Game two of their four game series. 707 first pitch. This is Baseball Central right up the first pitch on SportsNet 590. The fan. yes we're back why am I excited all of a sudden Ben Wagner's going to join us in a few minutes I'm just watching a rash and shy on the uh, feed from the ballpark it's it's great you get the yawn shy just did the yawn it's always it it's always fun seeing the feed from the ballpark before it hits the air
3: I'm sure they're not <laughs> Obviously, hear them, but I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be George Springer. I would think you so. Know, when he's coming back, Julian Merryweather. Oh, we forgot about Julian Merryweather. <laughs> well, how can we go on? Jo- well, because you know, I mean, this is the, the
2: thing we've been dealing with. That let's just say that the Jays' communication when it comes to the status of their injured players is well, it. You know, it could be better. And they're not obligated to tell us stuff. No. But this team does lead the league, and we don't know if we'll ever see the guy again. (laughs) to, My God, he pitched seven innings the next day. Julian Merriweather apparently threw in Florida today. Yeah. And apparently nothing fell off, nothing broke, nothing ended up in the stands. Thumbs up walking up the field. Thumbs up walking up the field. So there you go. Julian Merriweather could be back at some point, which is only what? Six weeks after we were led to believe he was going to be back, three weeks after we were led to believe there's no timetable, and ten days after we were told that there's really no idea what's going on with him. So anyhow. So, so don't hold your breath. So don't hold your breath. Five ninety-five is a text line. Let us get to the text line. Now, tomorrow, by the way, is walk off Wednesday. It is Wednesday, right? Yep. Yeah. Tomorrow's walk off Wednesday. So we will be taking your texts and your calls tomorrow. And we've got a great prize for the call that we like the best. In honor of us moving the five to seven, the call that we like the best will win $750,000. No, just kidding. What you will have, though, is our undying love and respect, which is, to my way of thinking, worth it's more be- than any Better than $750,000?
3: Yeah. Hmm.
2: Stop it. Uh, 590, 590 is a text line. Ew. Ooh.
3: Hmm.
2: We, we're still dealing with the question about who the best team in the American it's League easy. is. It's
3: easy. But no, a lot of... Not, and, not, 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 how are we dealing with
2: it? Well, no, we're dealing with it. But, I mean, peop, there are people out there who are saying... There there are people out there who are, are starting to take note of what the New York Yankees are doing and are kind of wondering if maybe by the end of September we won't be looking at the Yankees and going, they're pretty damn good. You know, if they can get Severino back, if
3: Chapman's back... Yeah. It, it, I mean, there
2: are ways you can see. There, there are yeah, ways won, you can they see. They won this ten, team and a, game.
3: ten, 10 games in a row, and I think they've only gained like a game and a half on the Rays. Yeah. Tell you how good the Rays are. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. By the way, I, Nelson Cruz at first base tonight. Do you see that? Uh, just, just stay <laughs> out of the boomsticks at catch, first
3: base. Yeah, I mean, he can catch a ball.
2: I just love, but that's such a Rays thing. And you know what's going to happen? He is going to play first base for the rest of the year, and, and it's just going to work out. He's going to maybe turn he'll
3: into, be like Giancarlo Stanton geez. and feel like he's part of the team now.
2: Uh, this is from Amir in Toronto. Disagree if we finish fourth and we're okay with Semyon leaving. We all know that our bullpen's the reason why we're not competing first place. Need mm. to focus on building the bullpen and maintaining the offense. There you go. Mm. Can you rebuild the bullpen and keep Marcus Semyon? If you keep Marcus Semyon, does that mean that you're going to be shopping for the Kirby Yates and the Tyler Chatwoods of the world? That's not going to do it. Me no windy that.
3: Sorry. Can you have your cake and eat it too? I can. Um,
2: okay, we, we're going to talk to Ben Wagner about Alejandro Kirk in a few minutes. So, but there there are a couple of people in the text line that have, are, are talking about Alejandro Kirk. Um, uh, Jason in Dartmouth, our thoughts on Kirk being the DH more because he's a catching liability. He doesn't want to take Reese out of the lineup. His defense is better. A couple of other people asking the question as well. Buck apparently, apparently I didn't. Buck said something on the weekend about uh, uh, about Alejandro Kirk. And of course, Jay's Twitter, Slap which
3: hitter. that's what he said. Did he say, well, I think that's what he said.
2: Yeah. But you know, Jay's Twitter, which of course has been looking for something to be happy about since Munonori Kawasaki was here. There you go. You know, they're, they're rallying to the side of Alejandro Kirk. And you know, while I w- can't call, call him a sl- I, I think the point is Alejandro Kirk's big skills, big skill. We're led to believe is he has elite bat the ball Yeah, That, that, and that's, now, how, how, however that's going to turn out, you know, he's got, I, I believe I, I believe all his home runs
3: this year were hitting Dunedin. I'd have to look that up. I am intrigued. I am intrigued with him, with what it would look like, say he dropped 25, 30 pounds, got in better shape, make his bat a little quicker. If he changed the little thing mechanically with his lower half, that wide thing, he rarely gets off his backside. That's mm-hmm. why you see a lot of heel swings. You know, the, the fanny's a little out. He's off balance. He hits that little weak ground ball. What if he... You know, change that up a little oh, bit, stay down and through it a little bit more. Could he be a gap to gap doubles guy who could run into 12 to 15? He- here's my point. That's the question. Here's my
2: There is something there.
3: There is. There is a player there. You can't teach what he's got, which mm. is the, the elite bat to ball skills. Yeah. It's just cleaning up some things. There is a player there. That's it. I
2: don't know if there is a major league catcher there. And well, he's either a catcher
3: or he's not a big leaguer. He's well, not a DH. A DH every day has to be a run producer. Okay. He's not a run producer. My, Sorry. Well, we know, he's
2: look, not. we know anecdotally. The pitchers like pitching to Danny Jansen. Uh, we, there's the game to me when Alejandro Kirk, and it, he's a young guy, and he's not caught a lot of major league games. Mm-hmm. The game is cleaner when Jansen and Maguire are behind the plate than when Kirk's behind the plate. I don't trust Alejandro Kirk defensively yet but i i i understand why people like the guy you know there's the sense of the underdog to him you know he's a the non athletic type of looking guy people
3: what if a, a two with him what 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 if he lost weight what, what if yeah. he changed some things
2: but i i guess my question is it could alejandro kirk be an everyday or a number 2 catcher On A playoff
3: Maybe the Danny Jansen thing with fans has That ship sailed Maybe Reese McGuire is a backup catcher Not an everyday guy Uh, We are going to take a break and come back
2: We'll address that situation with Ben Wagner The radio voice of the Jays It is Baseball Central on Sportsnet 590 The Fan All right 707 is the first pitch from the Rogers Center The roof is open The overrated Chicago White Sox are in town, ripe for the picking after being pummeled 2-1 by the Toronto Blue Jays last night. The Jays just beat the bejesus out of the White Sox. At least that's that's Barker's story. I'm sticking to it. The White Sox, that grip on first place in the Central is tenuous. Tenuous now.
3: away. Just ask Tony.
2: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) About eight and a half back.
3: It's it's never too late to set an example. Let's
2: bring in Ben Wagner speaking of examples
3: yeah ben wagner
2: our radio voice the toronto blue jays who's at the rogers center give us our daily george springer update i did see him run on our live monitor but i have to admit that even as a highly skilled well-trained and uh well-seasoned veteran journalistic observer i did not notice whether or not he was wearing a knee brace mr wagner i know you did because you are well you're there um what did you make of what you saw from George Springer today? He was running First, full tilt?
0: No, oh. not even close. You kidding me? No. Uh, <laughs> no. All right, thanks for no. that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Thanks, ben. yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, one of the things I looked for because I observed it yesterday was that bionic thing wrapped around his leg. It is still there. Oh, uh, that so that knee brace for stabilization is still very much on the left leg. He did run in the outfield turf a couple of times, some agility, did some zigzag running, but it was not explosive, so he's not pushing off to the right or the left. And uh, just for a point of clarification for all of our listeners, too, widely tweeted about that he was running the bases. You have to look at how he was running the bases. Let's remember, running the bases first to third can be done a number of different ways. George Springer didn't even go that way. He went from first through the bag at second, so a 90-foot sprint straight. Mm. There is again, there's no, you know, turning, and and that's that's part of the progression here. So running the bases is good. Running the bases is usually one of the final steps for somebody in the rehab or a progression to get back onto the field to play. George Springer isn't there yet, and I just want to make sure that that's there clear too. That's so that there's a big difference. So no no chance he could come off tomorrow on DH, DH. No. No, no way. I don't see how the Blue Jays could ever roll the dice on him slipping one down the line or plugging the gap and expecting then, then to turn the corner.
2: All right, let's. Uh, boy, I opened. I, I I did this intentionally. I, I opened the uh, Alejandro Kirk box in the uh, in in the last segment. I unwrapped it and opened it, and of course, you know, we talked about Buck's, Buck Martinez's comments that, that got that set Twitter aflame as the. Alejandro Kirkians uh, rose rose with their pitchforks uh, in defense of their uh, of their of their favorite player. Look, he is behind. He's behind the plate tonight. What? I, I'm not going to ask you what Alejandro Kirk is. This, but this is going to be an intriguing storyline the rest of the year. And quite frankly, I mean, I hate to say this, but I think for Ale, for Alejandro Kirk, maybe the best thing that could happen would be for this team to fall out of it and him to be and and for them to let him be the catcher every day and see what they have. I. I
0: I don't think that's going to happen. It's not going to happen. He, but he ben, doesn't have do the durability to do it. Yeah, he doesn't have the durability to catch every day. Right. Uh, I mean, that's that's for me where it starts in talking with people around the organization and the coaches. Obviously, there's some durability issues there. Uh, a, lot of the, a lot of the rhythm of the game, honestly, is left up in the air, too. And you've got one guy specifically that was very comfortable in Hyunjin Ryu working with Danny Jansen. And even early in his start... Reese McGuire and Ryu weren't on the same page. I don't know that you would thrust um, Alejandro Kirk into even a bigger spotlight and work him in there and find out if he can catch Ryu. And, and signal calling is just important as blocking a ball down in the dirt. And when he's down in the dirt, you know, that, that again takes away an aspect. And guys were running wild on the Blue Jays early in the season.
2: Got what, if he isn't an everyday catcher, what is he for this team? What can he be for this team?
0: I mean, DHs aren't just valuable anymore in the way that lineups are constructed. You have to be able to play multiple positions and do things. Uh, I think he can improve catching-wise. The weight issue is going to be an issue. It's going to be a talking point, just like it was in recent years with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Can they get him a better body? Is he going to hold up behind the plate a little bit better? Is he going to be more agile behind the plate? That will make major strides if it doesn't affect his hitting. He's a, he's a really good hitter right now, and it's past the splash of 2020, you know, where he set the world on fire. You need some consistency. We know he's got the handedness. Just really not sure if that swing is going to hold up either. Uh, I'm, I'm still not sure. I don't think the Blue Jays are. I know the Blue Jays aren't sure what he is right now.
3: Okay, we had Sean Casey on a little bit earlier, and we were talking about runners on, runners in scoring position. He seems to think it's a long season. Now, he's a career 300 hitter. He should know. But, you know, I want to get your feel about you're around the batting cage a little bit more than we are. Uh, Do you get a feel that there's a different kind of approach? There were some balls hit harder yesterday, you know, with runners on base. It looked like they were zoning up, trying to a little bit more. Do you get the sense of that, or is it just free swinging as
0: always? No, uh, definitely more of an approach that we saw early in the season with a focus of going back up the middle, changing the approach that made the Blue Jays really successful in Dunedin, and that's trying to drive the ball the opposite way, go to right center field for a lot of the right-handed hitters. That's the approach to the cage that I saw today, guys trying to focus going up the middle. And in the last couple of days, Bo and Vladdy have been out doing a drill with Guillermo Martinez, the hitting coach, where he stands behind the L screen and he flips balls in, and both Bo and Vlad are trying to go middle, middle, and right middle, right up the you know, right up the box. So these guys are focusing, I think, to shift how their approach is more towards where it was early in the season, and we all know how successful it was when they were driving the ball up the middle and to right center field. Because everything else that comes of that is built off of that, and it was really successful for the Blue Jays. Yeah,
3: how about first pitches? You know, know, everybody knows, we know, the Blue Jays hit 49 homers on first pitches. You know, if you're an opposing pitcher, you're coming in here. You saw Lance Lynn yesterday. First pitch, it was in, in off the play. He was trying to let them get themselves out. Do you think there's a different approach when it comes to being aggressive early? Or not so aggressive?
0: Yeah, don't let the pitcher beat you on the first pitch. <laughs> if, it, if it's a pitch that you're going to hunt, and I had a really yeah. good conversation with A.J. Hinch about this when the Tigers were in here, and they were very much aware of the first pitch attack mode and also 3-0. and 3-0 is another big thing that he pointed out, too. The Blue Jays are well known for this, but you have to be careful how you pitch them. Why do they hit on the first pitch? Because the guy's just trying to get over strike one. So the Blue Jays are sitting on that, and that's why Lance Lynn, who's been around the game for a little while, and he has the control to do that, where he can feel like he can beat somebody inside. I'm really interested to see what's the follow-up. After seeing Lance Lynn do that, Dylan Cease has really good numbers. He's got really good stuff, and I think he's got the ability to pound the Blue Jays on the inside. So I want to see if we see that replicated night number two as well, and how the Blue Jays then
2: change. Yep. Ben, really good of you to do this, man. We will chat again tomorrow. In the meantime, we look forward to your call tonight as always. Thank you, my friend.
0: Great stuff. All right. Talk to you guys in like 15 minutes. Absolutely.
2: Look forward to it. That is Ben Wagner, Blue Jays radio voice on Sportsnet 590. The fan across the Blue Jays network, 707 first pitch. Dylan Cease on the mound for the White Sox. Kevin Barker, Jose Barrios on the mound for the Blue Jays after that, that game where he, t- he took himself out of the game.
3: Mm-hmm. Do you have anything to prove? Yeah, tonight. I think so. I, I think they need him. I, they brought him over here for a reason. So but no, didn't, but because so didn't of, see the be, Trent because of that, and the be, Thomas Hatches you know, because, and because, guys because, that shouldn't yeah, be starting
2: because your manager let everybody. The manager didn't cover for you. The manager didn't say, "Well, it was a little hot." We thought the manager said, "No, he came to us and said he'd given us all he had, and
3: that was it." We moved on. Yeah, that for, that that for me is not why he has something to prove. He he has something to prove because he's a good pitcher and this team needs him. They need his breaking ball to be good. They need him to throw quality strike ones. They need him to be able to elevate. They need him to be able to throw into a left-handed hitter, expand with a breaking ball. They need him to give them six-plus innings. So, yeah, on that side, they need him to show up.
2: This is his, uh, <clears throat> these are his career numbers against the White Sox. 12-4, and 4, 291 ERA, 120, 129 strikeouts, 223 opponents average against just 30 walks Thirteen home runs in and 126 and two thirds innings. Now we saw the White Sox last night. We know about that lineup. Why? And, and again, understanding that things like pitchers' wins and that are team stats, but in terms of his very stop it. In terms of his very good numbers, what what is it that you have seen from him, and that you have seen from the White Sox in this? You know this the. This one game, but the other games we've seen of the White Sox. Well, what well, would what would explain the success to you?
3: Well, the the White Sox have what struck out 42 times the last four games. They will expand. They will try and do too much. His breaking ball is going well. He he can. I'm not saying dominate this team, mm-hmm. but he can be very efficient and get some quick outs because of the chasing, because of the expanding. And look, look, I those, those stats there for me. You can throw those out the window. You know, you're t- you're talking about the American the, one of the teams being the best team in the American League this team should be a little bit better at doing at zoning up a little bit better using the big part of the field. I I just think Barrios, when he's going well, he's very athletic. He can repeat his delivery because of that. When his breaking ball is working and he can throw strike one with a moving fastball, he's a really good pitcher. When the breaking ball's not working, he doesn't throw hard enough to to dominate lineups. This will be his fourth
2: time this year against the White Sox. Uh, His first start against the White Sox was on... July 1st, five innings, 10 hits, four runs, three earned. There you go. His second start was against the White Sox five days later. Seven innings, one hit, <laughs> two runs, one earned, 10 Ks. And then he started against the White he Started. He made three starts against the White Sox. Three out of four starts were against the White Sox. He pitched the second game of a doubleheader, four, four hits, five earned runs, over six innings in the in mm-hmm. in in double in doubleheader, one a seven inning game. So we've just, seen I, we've seen feast or famine yeah, from him against think the White his Sox. Stuff
3: is good enough for for misses. I, I don't think he's Alec Manoa. Alec Manoa can miss on the plate because of the running fastball, because of his size, because of how the the late bite on the heater. I just don't think Barrios has that. Barrios needs a secondary pitch. He needs to be able to make it look like a strike to a ball. He needs to be able to flip one occasionally to to steal a strike. Oh oh, even counts, that kind of thing. Expand with a with a moving fastball and elevate occasionally. And he's gonna have to to have some quality pitches. The the missing and the I just don't think he can go get away with a bunch of those. And and you know, you might be able to in a bit a little bit bigger ballpark. It's you know he's gonna have to be good. He's gonna have to announce his presence with authority.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I like the way. You, there you go. I like the way I like the way you uh, you said that. Um, and that and that is I, I I think this is we we talked about the win last night. We talked about the way they won the game. We talk about we talked about the grinding start from Alec Manoa.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, and it's like anything else, you know. I, I, there there the people always use the word momentum in sports. It, when it comes to baseball, momentum is the next day's starting pitcher. There you go. You can play the best, the best game of the year. And if the next guy comes out and lays a turd, but it, but you know, Rios the next day's starter comes out and lays a turd. I, I know matter. if I'm
3: looking at the lineup, there's no Tim Anderson. Now I know I can attack the zone. I know I can get them, these guys out with good fastballs, good located fastballs with some run to it. If you can do that and then expand with your nice little curveball. And hopefully they score some runs early. It's going to come down to that, too. The, the one-to-one games, because of who you're handing the ball to. Mm-hmm. Like, if he if he has a good start in the sixth inning, who's Charlie giving the ball to? Huh. Yeah. So the it, offense it's... has got to show up sooner or later, take a little bit of pressure off Charlie. Uh, that That's the one guy. You know, Charlie and Petey can only pull their hair out so much and pick the right guy so many times. Offensively, we talk about how good the lineup is. Okay. You're facing, quote, unquote, air quotes. Best team in the American League. What better time for your lineup to show up and announce their presence with authority? Help out a little. Have better at bats. Stay up the big part of the field. But to do that, you have to get a good pitch. I've been saying this to you. You know, you can talk about all the timing and the balance and the and the big finish, which, which creates, you know, loft on the baseball and carry to the ball. It, for me, gets down to why did I not have 10 years to big leagues because I didn't get a good pitch to hit all the time. Good teams, good lineups do that more than than bad teams or bad lineups. Well, let's see it. That that's for me is the, that's the difference. You got thirty nine games in front of you. the uh, The job
2: that Lance Lynn did yesterday uh, against against the Jays until until Vladdy got his until Vladdy got his hit. Um, watching him pitch, watching Alec Manoa pitch, is there? Yeah. You know, I think Buck made the point, sort of trying to find a comp for Alec Manoa. What a, 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 some somebody Alec Manoa may want to model himself after. You know, people have talked mm-hmm. about CC I Again, I know lefty righty, the whole thing. But could a guy like Alec Manoa learn something from watching a guy like Lance Lynn last night?
3: Yeah, that he can get people out with one pitch. If you grip it different ways, make Mm -hmm. it move one side or the other. Stay out of the middle of the strike zone. Because they're similar. Sure, uh, sure he could.
2: I mean, I was watching. uh, You know, the the beauty of guys like Lance Lynn is you watch them and you just you do get the sense that there's that they are in some ways. It's not that everybody should be able to do what they do, but the simplicity of their approach. It seems to me that that should be a prototype for a lot of young pitchers because it really is a way to have a long career too. I got it? two
3: pitches, but I got five pitches because I can grip two yeah. different pitches, two different ways, and make it move all different places and and change the eyes of what the hitter wants to do. Oh, it's and if Manoa can and, do that, he's again, yeah. you know, you're starting to think about too. What if he adds some tracks? What what if he comes up right. with that devastating moving and sinking and changeup that's 84 miles an hour? That's the thing is, what's what's the sky here? Like it's, you, you're you can mold something. In Are you surprised? What he has you can't teach.
2: Are you surprised? That's Are you surprised at what he's showing us so far? We just am. got a minute left. Are you surprised I, well, by I, well, what, where Alec
3: Manoa is right now? Everybody should be. You had no idea. I had no idea. Petey had no idea. Charlie Montillo had no idea, and he comes in here and does what he's doing. Build off that, and then you had confidence and stuff, and look. Maybe make it a little easier what he's doing to not sign Robbie Raybeck.
2: Certainly uh, let me have to consider. Throw
3: that money into your pen.
2: 707 is the first pitch. It will be Jose Barrios for the Toronto Blue Jays. It will be Dylan Cease for the Chicago White Sox. The Jays looking to build on a hard-fought 2-1 win over the Chicago White Sox last night. Ben Wagner has the call live from the Rogers Centre. The roof is opening if you're at the game. Have a great time. Socially distance etc etc etc. Stay safe. We'll be back tomorrow.